Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Thrivestry Podcast, Master the Art of Thriving at Life, where we talk about creating change in your life and in the world around us. I'm your host, Jeremy Jones, and this is my co-host, Gigi. Say hi, Gigi. Hi. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about um, buyer's remorse and decision fatigue and how, the, how understanding these things can really kind of um, help you um, do things in your life and make change and, and uh, um, make your life better. So, uh, the, let's just let's just break it down first. First, the uh, the decision fatigue is when we're making uh, uh, as what we know is as the more kind of uh, high functioning decisions we have to we have to make, um, we start to get worn out. You know, and so what's really interesting is some of the research. For example, they would have people um, uh, go register for their for their uh, a baby or register for their for their wedding or whatever at the store and what they found was that people who which you think is actually kind of a fun thing and it should be like motivating to go be like oh I want that I want that I want that but you do have to decide on like which you know which serving spoon do you want at crate and barrel or whatever <laughs> and so and so that that at the end of that they were able to uh, quantitatively measure that people were more fatigued um, from that and they would and as as the longer they went the, the, um, the more poor decisions they were making. And so if you think about that in our daily lives, if you're, if you're having to make a lot of decisions about like what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat for breakfast, and then you go to work and you're, you're making all these, these high level decisions, then as the day goes on, and, and especially as the days stack up, you start to get more and more decision fatigue. And then it's easier when you get home to just be like, you know what, I'm just going to eat this thing anyway you know, or I'm going to skip the gym anyway, or I'm, I'm going to just turn on the TV because you don't want to make any more decisions. And so, and so that's, that's what happens with decision fatigue. And then uh, buyer's remorse is uh, everybody should be familiar with this. It's, it's basically once you, you know, you get excited and you buy something and then afterward you have, you've, you, you, you have remorse and, and, uh, and it's, <laughs> that was the best you could do. Well, <laughs> And I was gonna, I was gonna elaborate, and, and you have, you have this feeling. Oh, it, it, you know, I paid too much. It wasn't, um, it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. It, it, uh, it, it, uh, uh, it, un, you know, it underperformed or whatever. And so, like some of the research says, like, you know, didn't live up to the expectations. It, you know, there's another, there's another one that's better, or there's a better deal, or I, I didn't really need it, or I'm not using it. And so that's where, you know buyer's remorse comes in and you know it can be it's it you know some of the most common things that you know cause buyer remorse are like you know apparel and shoes but also like houses and cars and and electronics and stuff like that and so and so uh, um what was really interesting about about one article i read recently talked about um and and the fact that buyer's remorse happens um almost exclusively with things so when you're buying things versus experiences and so this is becoming more and more um common where, where people are starting to understand that we kind of live in a world of the experience economy. And now it's so much, e it's so easy to buy something, you know, when you're sitting on your toilet on your phone, you can buy it within one or two clicks and then you end up having this buyer's remorse and, and uh, um, uh, you know, when it comes and then you're like, why did I buy this? You know, and, and, uh, but there's also a term FOMO, fear of missing out. And, and uh, um, that goes, speaks to the kind of the mindset of, you know, and you know, going and going to that concert or signing up for skydiving or whatever, you know, like doing an experience that, it, you know, creates memories, you know, maybe you learn something. Very few people have buyer's remorse from an experience because that stays with you, you know, your whole life versus, versus a, you know, the thing that you, that you thought you wanted, um, 
doesn't end up doesn't end up living up to expectations or whatever. So I thought that was really interesting. And 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 um, you know, for those of you guys who are listening to this later on, we just started the CrossFit Opens. For some of you are probably familiar with the CrossFit Open, where there's they announce basically a workout that is like a challenge, and you have to do it, and then you're scored. Well, one of the most common things is as soon as you're done with the workout, you within a minute of getting up off the floor, your brain goes, "I could have done it better. I could have done this better." I shouldn't have gotten over up here. I should have went faster there. I know if I do it again, I'll, I'll do better. And it's almost, it's almost universal. You know, it's, it's almost the, the exception is when you don't have those thoughts. <laughs> That's really more the exception than the, than the, uh, the room. And it's a form of buyer's remorse. It's really interesting that, that I, yeah. that, I, that I thought about that because I was like, that's always, Oh, it, it's you, you, I pull someone off the ground and tell them how good a job they did. And then they start going, Oh, I think I need to do it again. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't think that it's a form of buyer's remorse. You're going to need to like convince me of this. So, okay. So my perception of what buyer's remorse is from like a psychological perceptive perception, perspective, <laughs> point of view, I don't know, is like, so when you're buying something, the marketing, I know we've got some, some stuff to talk about with respect to marketing later too. So it'll all tie back in. But the marketing, like the job of Amazon or whatever is exciting you on your phone while you're sitting on the toilet, I guess, is where you do all of your buying, Jay. But that's, I've never done that. <laughs> so um, the marketing is designed to get you excited, right? And the excited is like your inner child, right? So if you kind of, in, in um, transaction analysis, which is just a fancy term for like the different parts of, of who you are on the inside, right? There's, there's child and then there's adult and then there's parent and everyone has these three things inside them. And what buyer's remorse is, is when the kid, your like your inner child gets so excited about that awesome water trampoline that's $500 <laughs> that you just have to have for the cottage. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna buy it. And you buy it and it comes and you're like, this is smaller than I thought it was it's not really that durable. Oh, it can't go in salt water. Well, okay. And that's when like your adult or your parent state kicks in and starts to kind of be like, Hey, you shouldn't have bought that. And like, and it comes down on you. And, and that's what buyer's remorse is, right? Is that like, you know, your, your excited child state buy something without getting permission um, from the parent basically. Right. So the parent of the adult state. And then, and that's when you get the remorse. Um, so I don't know how that like how does that translate in like a sports sense because here's here's what i feel like happens after you finish a race and this is coming from like 10 years of being a competitive swimmer and a, and a soccer player and um an athlete <laughs> in real sports <laughs> we'll save that conversation for another day too but um, <laughs> um the feeling is like if you lose you look for ways to improve. And that's the mindset. It's not a buyer's remorse thing so much as a, as a learning moment, right? I could have, I could have um, held my breath on that last flip turn or I could have pushed harder in my kick at the end. I feel like I finished and I touched the wall and, I, and this is all racing stuff, right? You know, I finished and I still have breath left, which means that I didn't push it as hard as I could have, right? So I, I don't feel like it's the same as buyer's remorse so much as just learning moments. But I, what do you, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think I think kind of what you're saying about the um, the parent stepping in and and analyzing your purchase is kind of what happens after the the race. Is your your parent 
you know, your inner coach or whatever, it starts analyzing, you know, could you have done better? And what, what I think is also unique about the, something like the CrossFit open is, is there is no like definitive finish line, right? Unless you're, unless you're the one who wins the entire world or your age division or whatever, like you, you're always going to be placed amongst thousands of other people. And so, so what happens there is, is you, you always think, Oh, I could get one more rep or I could get, you know, another round or, or whatever. And so I, I think that there is kind of this analyzing that's going on. And, but I think that analyzing happens with purchases too, you know, like, so you, you do, you get sold on the, uh, the, um, it is different in the fact that there's the, you know, you get excited and you're sold in the moment and they, they sell your child. And, and then, and then afterward you end up sitting back and analyzing, you know, like, and that's where, even if the purchase was actually something you needed and sometimes there's buyer's remorse too, because you just start looking at all the other options and you start seeing like the grass is greener kind of a thing, right? You start comparing and you're like, well, that one's a little cheaper and it does this better. Maybe I should have got that one. And then you start thinking like, oh, this one isn't as good as I originally thought. And I think again, and, and I want to tie it into the decision fatigue piece that, that, um, you know, if you continue to, if you're continuing to think and make decisions about the products and the decisions you've already made, you're just spinning your wheels and wasting, wasting your energy. Right. And, and so one of the things that you, that, that we all need to do in our lives is once we've made a decision, we just need to move on and, and don't, and don't analyze. And so it's really interesting that I know that some of my, um, some of my close friends that, that are good at this and I've noticed it is that they'll, is that, you know, I'll be like, Oh, but what about this? Or what about that? And then they'll be like, no, I, I don't even think about it. Once I bought the car, I don't even look for other cars or analyze or anything, even though they did a ton of shopping beforehand, you know, and they did their homework and then it was done, you know? And, and I think that's really, I think that's really a, a good thing we can do in all parts of our life, you know, and, and uh, kind of tying into what we talked about before. And one of the other podcasts is removing the decisions for like food, for example. And so if you sit down and you prepare your meals and you have all these containers and they're ready to go and they're, you know, if you're doing, if you're doing weighing and measuring, they're already all measured out, you know exactly what's in them. And that, that removes the decision. You know, if, if you set your outfit out the night before, or you have very similar clothes, you don't have to think about what you're going to wear. You know, you can just grab it. You know, they say like, you know, Steve Jobs always wore the same thing, you know, and, and I don't know, I think that's kind of bl a little bit blown, blown out of proportion, but it is nice to not have to think about what, you know, and make that, make those small decisions. And then you can set your life up with all these small decisions where it's like, okay, done. I don't, now I can worry about other things. Okay. So I will, I will agree that if you are, if you're suggesting that the, but let me see if I get this right. The buyer's remorse comes from choosing the wrong strategy or the wrong approach on one of these, like, you know, and you sticking with the games as an example, um, you, you don't know how to prepare and, and you can't try different strategies and you can't do take different approaches. Like in, in most sports, that's where practice comes in and that's where sports specific stuff really comes in as like, uh, you know, here's how to approach this specific race. Here's how to play this specific game. We're going to watch the game tape and we're going to learn about this specific team and how to tackle these specific things. So there's less decision fatigue on, on those types of sports because you're able to learn and adapt and decide and take a path and then learn from that and decide on another path and learn from that. Right. So this kind of this always this constant forward momentum with something like the games, it's announced Thursday, you have until Monday you physically can't 
try all of those possible strategies in the course of what, what is it 96 hours 72 hours i don't even know but you probably know <laughs> right you, you physically can't so that's when it becomes so important to pick a strategy commit to it and just go right is that what you're saying does that make sense yeah yeah and, and it's interesting too because a lot of other sports where you're playing a match right you know you're, you're or you're doing you're doing a race it's like you can't go be like oh let me do that again like you can always go like oh i should have done this better i should have done that better i'll i'll, I'll learn for next time yeah yeah you're, you're not like okay everybody we're all going to come back again here on sunday and do this again right <laughs> you know like that and then they get to repeat too and that's different right where in this case you know, people do these, these workouts sometimes, you know, two or three or four times. <laughs> and so, and, and, uh, I mean, and, and, you know, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but if you're repeating the workout, you know, two or, and sometimes three times over, over those four days, um, you're training, you're not training. So you're not actually getting, staying fit and getting better. You know, you're really focusing on that, you know, over the period of five weeks, you're, you're actually going to, your fitness is going to decrease, um, across those five weeks because you, you know, that's, you know, five weeks is roughly 10% of the year. Right. And, and, uh, and so if you, you know, if you're doing a bunch of weird stuff beforehand to get ready and then afterward you need like a week off because you're just hammered because you've been repeating the workout two or three times a week, you know, you, that's actually more like 15% of the year. And so, um, over time, you know, you're going to get behind and not to mention, you, you know, you increase your risks of injury and all that stuff. But, but, uh, uh but yeah, so it's just interesting that I, I just, I made that connection in, in my mind. I was like, it is kind of like buyer's remorse, you know, maybe it's not exactly the same, but, uh, um, but I do think that, that a lot of, um, uh, it, you know, a lot of wasted energy goes into this remorse where, where it comes to where we start still thinking about our, our purchase and still analyzing and comparing and things like that, where that mental energy could be used for other things, you know? So, so one of the, one of the reasons why, uh, um, uh, you know, fasting works so well is, you know, I, I believe there are a lot of physiological reasons for not eating for certain you know, times. They've proven that, you know, has some benefits and things. And it's not for everybody. I think it, it just kind of depends on the person. Um, and there's different versions of it. And, it, you know, most people like to just skip breakfast and, and just eat breakfast later, basically. And so that's something that I've been doing for years. And it works well for me. Um, and, and so a lot of times I won't eat my first meal until, until one o'clock or two o'clock and then I'll eat until, you know, nine or whatever at night. And then, and then I just don't eat and I'm not hungry. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm pretty what they call fat adapted. So I eat a lot of, I ate a lot of fat. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a fully allergic to corn and gluten, so I don't eat any of those things. And so I'm just eating a lot of meat and vegetables. So, so I, I think that's why I don't get the same hunger that a lot of people would get. The research they're saying now, though, is that it's actually better to fast um, at night, right? So you actually would stop eating at like, you know, uh, 6 p.m. And, and then not eat until breakfast. And then you should actually have breakfast right, right after you wake up. And there's bit more benefit to doing it that way. So that's like a 14 hour fast, right? Assuming like if you stop eating after dinner at six and then you eat mm -hmm. breakfast at eight, or it's seven. Yeah, right? so it's not it's not even that except like crazy of a of a time duration, but it it more matches your circadian rhythms, mm -hmm. and and it will help you sleep better, and you'll get more out of the sleep that you get, and you know so there's there's research around that, and I haven't I've kind of played around with it a little bit, but I'm so used to my my current schedule, and it you know like I said it works for me, so I'm I'm trying to muster the mental juices myself to be able to push myself into a different uh, um, uh, a different routine to see to, to try it. 
But uh, I think, but the reason why it's good is again, the decision fatigue isn't there because you've made this conscious decision that I am just not going to eat. So it's not deciding, do I want this or that or that, you know, where do I go eat? You know, it's like, nope, I'm just not eating, you know? So you go to work and so there's donuts, you're like, well, I'm fasting, so I'm not going to eat those, you know? And, and yeah. there's no, you're not having to use any energy to do that. And, and, uh, um, you know, the food, we've already mentioned food prepping. That's actually, I think that's one of the benefits of the, uh, the meal delivery services, you know, like, like, uh, my, my friend's company trifecta, not, not sponsored podcast, but maybe someday. And, um, they, they do, they do a ton of business in, um, delivering these meals. And it's like, you know, what's really going on here? Is it really, yeah, it's saving people time. Um, it's, you know, healthy, delicious food. Um, and they, they tailor it to the diet that you're trying to, to, to follow. But I think, again, it just takes the decision out of it. You know, the meals come, they're ready to go. They're, they taste good and you know, they work out to be like eight or 10 bucks a meal, which is, which is obviously more expensive than preparing it yourself. But at the same time, it's also better than what you would probably make. <laughs> and it's cheaper than going to most restaurants, you know, especially for that quality of food that you're getting. And, and so I think that is a good, I think that is a good option for people who maybe are short on time. Aren't really don't like, don't like cooking. You know, if, if you've got seven meals a week, you know, one a day, one of your meals, basically, you know, 33%, if you're eating three meals a day, not really including snacks. Um, but if you're eating, you know, well, let's say you are eating snacks. So you have three meals a day plus a snack. Well, that, that, that one meal a day that you're eating from that, the food delivery thing is 25% of the food that you're eating, right? So you've just improved your diet by 25%, which is huge. Um, and then you can, then you can use that effort to try to make better, you know, meals and meal prep on the other stuff, you know? So, uh, heard the concept that like, it's easier to do something hundred percent than it is to do something 80%. Have you ever heard that concept? No, I, 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 it's, it's, it sounds, it sounds like it makes sense, but right. I know so when you say it, you're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. So, so the whole idea is that, you know, instead of saying, Oh, I'm going to eat 80, 20, it's easier to say, um, like, Oh, I just won't eat. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, well, yeah. and that's an extreme. <laughs> I'm not saying don't eat, but like going back to like the fasting thing. Yeah. Easier to say, Oh no, I'm just, I'm just going to fast. And it is to say, Oh, is today going to be my 20%? Am I going to have that donut? Am I not going to have that donut? And then what do I have to have later this week? And then if I've got something on the weekend, does that mean that I can't like have that extra drink on the weekend? And, the, and then it becomes this whole like craziness where it's easier to just be like, Oh no, I'm just fasting. Right. So, and it's easier to say, I'm going to run every day than it is to say, I'm going to run, I'm going to try to run three out of seven days. Cause then every single day you've got to go through that process of that decision-making decision. Is today the day? Is today not the day? Is it warm out? Is it cold out? What's the sun like? Am I wearing enough sunscreen? Maybe I have something else to do. How am I feeling? Right. And you run through this like constant internal process, decisions, 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 and you're exhausted. Like I'm a single mom with three kids. I make every fucking decision in our house and I run a company and I make every fucking decision, like, well, not every, but most of the decisions that are day to day. Right. So not only do I run my life, I run three little people's lives plus this company. And by Friday, it's like, no, like, what are we going to have for dinner? If I don't, <laughs> the kids are like pizza and I'm like, pizza yes because <laughs> so I'm just like in like and you know never mind the fact that they have pizza for lunch at school every Friday and I know that that's a terrible parenting to give them pizza for lunch and dinner but and like, we are going to talk about pizza in a minute everybody and how <laughs> and, and pizza for breakfast that'll come up as, as our research topic for today but uh, uh, so that's a good that's a good good uh, uh, 
hint, hint, segue into what we're going to talk about in a minute. But, but, um, but yeah, and so, so we all experience this. And, and sometimes, like I said, if, if you can just, if, if you just make the decision, this is what I'm going to do. And, and, uh, and then you, st- and then like, that's why going to the gym in the morning or going for a run first thing in the morning is because like I said, you, you're, there's no decisions fatigue before that. It's just what you do. You know, it's, it's who you are you know, and, and there's, so then there's no, there's a lot less, um, regret around that and you're not having to, to worry about decision fatigue, but it was interesting going, going back to the remorse thing a little bit is, 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 uh, I just wanted to point out that what, one of the things that they're saying is, is that companies, that's what they're doing with their marketing, right? They're trying to build a story around their, their product. So it's Coca-Cola is nostalgia and fun and, and fun, right? And friends. And, uh, uh, you know, these other companies are all trying to create these, you know, like make it feel like more like an experience, you know, no one, I, I don't really think anybody's really drinking a Coke and being like, Oh yeah, this is reminds me of when I was a kid, you know, it's like, no, they're just drinking a Coke. They, they, they might be buying it. They don't realize it, but they're buying it because that's what they associate with it. But that's not what they're, there's not an experience when they're drinking a Coca-Cola. <laughs> it would remind me of like that time in university when I got really drunk drinking rum and cokes, and now I can't drink either one anymore. <laughs> remind me of oh, this tastes yeah. like choices. <laughs> yeah, this tastes like fat decisions. Um, that should be like you know you can get like the customized coke coke cans and bottles. You can get like <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like shame, but. Uh, <laughs> But, but that's what they're, that's what marketing is, is like I said there, and they always talk about, oh, this like story and they're trying to create it. And that's people buy feelings and they buy experiences when they're buying these products and, and being aware of that, you know, like that can help you uh, um, upgrade your thought process from the, from the excited child to the adult is to, is to say like, okay, like, what am I really feeling? Why do I really want this? Do I really need that? You know? And, and, um, and then you can put it off, right? You can just say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this off, and maybe I'll buy it later this week or next week if I still want it. And, and doing that will save you a ton of time. And again, you're you're just delaying the decision. But a lot of times you'll forget, and, and because it wasn't that important, right? And it's like, do I really need this right now? Like, and then you can put off buying stuff you don't need, crap you don't need. And and uh, that's true for for the food thing too. Um, I I uh, in the four hour body, I think is is uh, Tim Ferriss book where he talks about this. Um, you know, he talks about like, basically you, you have a quote cheap day or a binge day. I'm not really big fans of those words cause they can create negative, uh, feelings and, and concepts around it. But, but essentially you try to eat really healthy, you know, six days of the week and then your one day you can eat whatever you want. And, and if you have these cravings, you know, for like a Snickers bar, you know, you actually write them down somewhere and, you know, maybe you keep it on your phone or something on, on a notes thing. And then, uh, and then you save up all your cravings that you wanted. And it's, it's so much easier to say, instead of saying, no, I can't have Snickers anymore, to say, um, you know, I'll just, I just have to wait until the weekend. And it's funny how that those cravings go away by the weekend. And so um, I'm not a big Snickers person. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, uh, of a uh, when it comes to candy bars, I actually like Reese's, Pe- Reese's peanut butter cups more than candy bars. Those are, those are one of my favorite things. The, um, when it comes to candy bars, what would be my favorite candy bar? I don't know. I, like I would take M and M's over anything. M and M's are M and M's are good too. I like the peanut butter M and M's; those are amazing. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, if I had to pick a candy bar, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of them at the store, and I'm trying to pick. I like anything with caramel in it. I like caramel stuff. But uh, now you're going to be listening. You're just going to be getting hungry as we talk. But you you <laughs> put push it. it yeah, put, put it on your list. Um, and what's funny is you go to that Saturday and then you don't end up craving it anymore. 
you know, but one of the rules kind of, or one of the things that he, he decided to work for him was he would then get like six candy bars and try to like force feed himself. So then he gets sick of it. Right. He enjoys the first one or two and then it's not fun anymore, <laughs> you know? And so then, then he's less likely to crave it next time because he kind of ate enough, you know, to kind of get it out of his system. And is that, does, is that, I don't know physiologically if that would make sense. Like if you're having it more then your body would crave it more because it's like an, it's an addiction thing, right? Like it's, you know. Well, but I, I think, I think, um, I think small doses over time are probably more addictive than all at once. Right. And, and like I said, into the point where you just, you're just not, like I said, the, the last couple of bites, you're like, okay, I'm totally tapped. I don't need any more, you know, and then I don't feel very good. I feel kind of, you know, my stomach or whatever, you know, so then it makes you not, not crave it as much. And, and, but you're probably, I mean, you're probably, when it comes to really addictive things like, you know, drugs and alcohol, it's like, Oh, I'm gonna save all my cocaine for Saturday. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. That's a bad thing. Um, and I don't think you'll be able to make, the smart decisions about the rest of the week if you get to this habit like that but but the um but just delaying delaying that purchase or delaying that craving i think is a really good strategy that again you you just instead of making a decision you've already decided that like no i'm not making any decisions right now i'm already i'm already not so then then you you, you just put it off until until you know you can see if it goes away or if you still, still have that, you still want that thing or you still need that thing in your life or you want that, you want that food. Um, when it, one thing I do want to say when it comes down to like the, a lot of the nutrition and food stuff, I do want to point out that it's still calories in calories out. It's still a big part of the equation. So, you know, if, even if you do eat like crazy, uh, um, on that day where you're, where you're eating all your fun stuff or just in, in you guys in your normal lives, we all have, the you know the the weekend where where we have some big party or whatever and we eat eat all the bad food you know you know quote bad food and the the reality is is that is that it's it's all averages right so if you can look back two days before and two days after that if you if you were eating you know at a slight caloric deficit you know maybe you cut your cut your total calories and maybe cut out some of your carbs you know the day or two before don't starve yourself but but you know if you reduce it and then you can go then you can not worry about it and just enjoy yourself at the event or whatever and then the next day you know you tighten it up a little bit more than you normally would if you look at the average and all you know all five of those days if you average out the total calories you know use a use an app like my fitness pal or whatever and you can see okay like i'm supposed to be eating 2000 calories and yeah i, I ate 1700 1700 you know 3000 you know, 1700, 1700, it's like, well, that's actually not bad. You know, like you're, you're actually still on track. You know, you didn't, you didn't go, you don't, you don't need to just be like, Oh, I'm, I, my, I failed, you know, because I, cause I ate everything. And I think a lot of people will try to go to that event, you know, thinking, Oh, I'm going to try to stick, really try to stick to my diet. And then, and, okay. and then again, well, and then, and then again, it, it creates that decision mode where you're trying to make these decisions and it's hard and it's like, Oh man, like, and then eventually, yeah. and then you cave and then you feel guilty and there's this guilt around the fact that you caved. And then, but again, that, that remorse and that guilt can, can be mitigated. If you, if you give yourself a, you know, give yourself a pass, you know, go, you know, do a little work beforehand, enjoy it while you're there and then do a little work after. And, but again, if you can just have it in your mind, like that, what's done is done. I don't need to sit there and analyze it anymore and waste any more energy and time thinking about this. And I think, that, and then, and then that gives you more space to, to focus on other things. Yeah. That's like, if you, 
you're already making the decision to enjoy yourself. The other thing is like when you, if you're going into a party or something like that, and you're going to be faced with all that decision-making fatigue, buyer's remorse cycle, you're not having any fun, right? Like, and you're, you're going, let's use, you know, Super Bowl just happened. So let's use that. So a lot of people probably went and binged and, you know, try to eat healthier, maybe made like keto wings or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're there to enjoy a football game and to spend time with your friends. That's why you're there. You're not there to get into like a shame spiral and like regret all of your life decisions. Like that's, <laughs> no, but that's not fun, <laughs> right? Like, so a part of it is just saying like, what mindset do I want to be in? Do I want to be in the kind of mindset where I'm like, counting all my calories and balancing all my macros and doing that? Or do I want to just eat whatever I feel like that day, but like really have fun catching up with Susie who I haven't seen in a while or whatever. Right. Like, um, and, well, that, and then, and then they're big, they're also, you know, just so everyone understands is that, is that when other people are eating that stuff, like maybe they're, they just aren't even trying to eat healthy in general, but then they just eat whatever. And then you have to have this conversation with them about how you're trying to eat healthier. And then sometimes they will give you a hard time. You know, I do think this is part of what goes on why, why sort of in the, in the micro gyms, like CrossFit style gyms, they tend to congregate more because they don't judge each other when they're trying to eat healthy, right? And, and so, or, and they also don't judge if, they, if they're eating, you know, eating for fun, right? And enjoying themselves. Like there's not a whole lot of like, you know, looking down on people who do that. You know, you have both. But whenever you go in like the other parties and other realms, there's always like it becomes a discussion and then it's like, and then, and then people will start trying to get you to eat bad things because they, they, they don't want to feel bad about themselves. So they'll, they'll pressure you in and be like, oh, come on, you can have it, come on. And it becomes this peer pressure thing. And it's really themselves that they're trying to make feel better, not you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, um, yeah. that's so hard when you get into that type of situation. Yeah, yeah. You're not and, having any fun at the end of the day, right? And well, ultimately, yeah. And ultimately, it's it, you, you're not gonna that, that that's a hard life. And and um, what you can do, like I said, is try to eat health, extra healthy, and and a little bit lower calorie carb, and before, and then um, and then the day of, you know, try to eat some real healthy food before you go to the party. Have a big big uh, slug of protein so that you can so you're not as hungry. And then if you, you're not gonna eat as many chips and all that stuff. Um, one of the reasons why we eat so much at those at those events is because of um, um, you know the the the, div the diversification of food. You know, so the reason why that there's a, it's a there's a whole science to the you know the the way uh, mouth feel and tastes, and that's why when you have this big spread of all these different dishes, it's easier to overeat because you don't you, you don't get tired of it, right? So you're jumping around between the chips and then this dip and then you know these these wings and you know that you know these sausages and you know, and then, oh, and then now we have candy and cookies coming out and then and you start jumping around between all these things. And so you end up eating a lot more because of the different uh, palatability, right? So, so we know that. You who was telling me about the woman who like ate all this ice cream and when she was full of the ice cream, she switched to French fries and then was able to eat more ice cream. Is that you? Was yeah, that, you? that was, um, it was man versus food. It was a guy. Yeah. He was eating the kitchen sink, which is actually in my, you know, the place is a couple miles from my house. And uh, I've tried the kitchen sink. The kitchen sink is uh, eight softball size balls of ice cream, two bananas, and it's basically a pile bigger than your head of ice cream, right? And and um, it is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever attempted in my entire life. <laughs> and I have been doing CrossFit for like, well, like 14, 15 years. <laughs> Here's more, more than any workout I've ever attempted. And um, you, you, if you eat it in an hour, they give you free ice cream for a year. And I think they know that you're not going to eat much more ice cream after that because you're going to be so sick of it. <laughs> but, 
but um, so the, the the record is like 17 minutes or 10 minutes or some some insane. I don't even know how somebody did that. It's 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 ridiculous. Um, but you're, you're eating this food. So what he did is is he ate it, and then he, he was he was so sick of the ice cream, he ordered um, extra crispy, extra salty French fries. And so eating the salt and having the crispy, hot, crunchy um, helped him eat. You wouldn't think that eating this fry, eating more food, would allow him to finish the ice cream. But he uh, um, it allowed him to um, uh, change his palate so that he could force down more ice cream. And I'll tell you this: that when you throw up ice that much ice cream, it comes out like soft serve. <laughs> <laughs> and out of the it was funny because we all did it like in just a, a slow afternoon and there was six of us that all so we had six of these things and all me and six dudes we all yeah. tried it at once none of us made it none of it all of us ended up in the bathroom because we we're so you're hot and you're oh it's so gross it was so it was so difficult um <laughs> we all had different strategies of what ice creams we were gonna pick and like i had like you know i had the the bananas somewhere else and I mean, just eating two whole bananas is kind of a lot right, by itself. Crazy. You can't eat two bananas. <laughs> it's, 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 it, you know, mountains of, of uh, uh, whipped cream and, and, you know, dishes full. They actually cover the whole tray with like dishes full of the, the different syrups and stuff. So basically what they do is usually people order this thing as a, um, it's like they to share it as a group, you know. So if you've got like 10 people, everyone can kind of eat off of it. And it's, it's only like 50 bucks. It's not expensive. Um, and so... Uh, but if you tell them you're gonna do the challenge, they actually put more. They actually load up more <laughs> when you're gonna attempt it than if you were, <laughs> than if you were um, just ordering it as a family or whatever. <laughs> oh um, so, okay. And, and the one on the TV is a lot smaller than the one that they gave me. I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> you gotta have proof. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. And, and actually Rob Wolf talks about him in his, in his talks and in his book. Um, and, and so it was really funny because I've seen that, that episode, but you can, you can find it online. Um, you know, man versus food, the kitchen sink and the, at the cream, the San Francisco cream is what it's called. But, um, but yeah, so, so um, uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk more about pizza real quick we'll, we'll, and then we'll wrap it up. So there's been, I wouldn't call this a study, but um, basically a, a, a dietitian or nutritionist sat down and finally said, well, let's, let's look at cereal as the breakfast meal, you know, with milk and, and uh, versus a slice of pizza. And, and the reality is, is that, is that a lot of times they have about the same number of calories. Um, but the pizza at least has um, doesn't have any sugar or not very much. There's, there's going to be sugar in the in the sauce for sure, but not nearly as much as what's in your average your average cereal. And and it usually has some vegetables and some protein and some fat in it. And so that's actually a healthier option for breakfast is pizza than cereal. And and it's it's kind of funny because when you actually when you looked at it, you know, uh, in black and white, you're like, yeah. <laughs> But it's funny how we all feel weird about eating cold pizza, you know, for breakfast. Like, you know, what, you know, what kind of life decisions have I been making? But um, I, I would, I would vote you're making great life decisions. <laughs> Absolutely, every time. I, I love cold pizza in the morning, and, and uh, of course, it has to be gluten free for me. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you warm it up in the frying pan. That's that's the trick for pizza. Not oh, the microwave. You gotta put it in the frying pan with like a little bit of butter on it. Oh okay. yeah, that's, I never tried that. What I do, I'll, I'll, I'll do a wet paper towel in the microwave and that makes the whole thing steams it and then it makes the cheese still all melty and it doesn't get all like weird but um uh, maybe i'll do both next time right in the pan with the lid you gotta do it <laughs> same thing with that, right yeah yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> um, uh so so it, but it makes you think like well how did we end up in this situation where where cereal is the go-to for people for breakfast 
and, and, uh, um, and it's marketing, you know, it comes down to, you know, the, the, these companies, um, they developed a very, a very, uh, good product. They use a cheap, they use cheap, uh, materials like, like corn and, and grains and it has a long shelf life. And so it's very good for the stores. And, and then they add a bunch of sugar to make it taste good. Cause it's, cause it's like no fat or whatever. And then, uh, and then it's, it's fast. So you just you know, pour it in and then you pour it in there and it, and it tastes good. And it's, it just can't became a mark. It's just, they marketed it. This is, this is for breakfast. This is gotta have, gotta have a healthy breakfast. And this is a, this is healthy. Now there are some cereals that are more healthy than others, but, but in general, you know, cereal is not a good option ever. It's really a dessert. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's dessert. Uh-huh. My kids will say that when if there's like a commercial on for Lucky Charms or Frosted Flakes mm-hmm. or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is a bad one. And then, <laughs> absolutely. And so my five year old is like, How come we never have like Lucky Charms? I'd really want to try it. And my nine year old looks at him and goes, Cause that's dessert. <laughs> like, that's right. <laughs> That's dessert. I'm yeah. sorry. Anything with marshmallow cannot be considered a meal. <laughs> okay. And you know what? I have to say that there's this also this thing. It's not breakfast, but there's this salad concept. I went to somebody's, okay, my ex-husband's Thanksgiving and their family is like, oh, well, we're going to have three different salads. And I'm like, that sounds great. Three salads. Amazing. And I'm thinking like, okay, a Caesar salad, like a broccoli salad, and then like maybe like a vegetable, like a roasted vegetable salad. Like these are like legitimate salads. One was a Hawaiian salad, which is marshmallows, whip, cool whip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coconut, right? And I'm like, this isn't a salad. (laughs) This is dessert. And the other one was like, oh, this is a jellied salad. And I'm like, I think you mean jello. <laughs> this isn't salad. Like, yeah. What the fuck? But it, it, you're right. Anything with marshmallows in it, really anything with added sugar, should not ever be considered anything but dessert, period. Because that's like, you know. That's yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's funny how even that carries over to like what you see. Like Starbucks has gotten a lot better, but you know, a lot of people swing by Starbucks and they'll grab something to eat. And it's, you know, they have all these pastries and and um, even like they'll have like a breakfast bar. Oh, this is the healthy breakfast bar. And, it, and it's still just a, you know, bread with sugar and raisins and whatever in it. And it's like, that's not, that's not healthy. Like why, why do people think that that is a good, that, you know, every meal should have, you know, protein, carbohydrates and fat in it. That's a meal. Anything else is really just some sort of snack or dessert. And so, you know, but I think a lot of it does have to do with the way the economy works and in, in that these, these cereals and these breads and things are, again, they have a long shelf life. So they get, so stores can stock large amounts of them and they don't lose money because it doesn't go bad. And so then and like I said, there's, they use a lot of very cheap ingredients and, and uh, because grain and corn are subsidized as in that the farmers get paid to grow it, whether there's a demand or not. So then they sell it for less than it. They're selling it for less than it costs to make, to grow it and harvest it. And so, so then it's extra cheap. And so then they put it, they, they fill these things up and then they, then they put all their, all that money into the marketing. And then that's what, that, and then that's what we end up getting. And so, <clears throat> and I think people are usually pressed for time in the morning. Right. And it's like, they have to eat something. You know, I really, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like I can make, I usually make eggs when I, when I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I love my eggs and I'll eat three or four eggs every day. Um, and it takes me like a roughly six minutes to make four eggs in a pan. You know, I kind of do like a, like a half poached. I cover them and I put some, some water in there. So it steams the top and then I, and then I microwave some spinach. So the spinach shrinks down to like nothing. It's a huge pile of spinach when it starts. And then it's like a paper thin when it's done. 
And then I scoop the eggs out and I usually cook it in, in bacon grease or butter and then put it in there, put some sriracha, put some whatever I feel like that day, right? So, so it might be sriracha, it might be a little bit of ketchup, um, it might be uh, uh, soy, so soy sauce and wasabi is actually a really good combo. Kind of get like a dim sum feeling. Um, uh, you can do, you know, tomato sauce like marinara or whatever. Um, tapatio. I can talk about eggs all day. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's uh, when I was really training hard, I was actually uh, usually eating seven or eight eggs at once um, every every morning, or it was my first meal of the day. And so, when I was breaking my fast, break break fast—that's where that word comes from. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's it's really fast and easy, and, and you don't have to stand there too. So it's usually like I'm getting another thing, getting the kid ready, or doing you know. Um, you know, doing, you know, cleaning up the kitchen a little bit, maybe putting some dishes away while my eggs are cooking. And then I can just, I just motor those down. And it's like, it's not much faster than pouring a bowl of cereal and eating it. Right. It's, you're only, it's only a few minutes. If you are somebody who has to wake up super early or you have, you know, you're up late and you're always short on time in the morning, you know, have that stuff prepared ahead of time, eat leftovers for breakfast. Right. You know, so if you are cooking and, and things like that, always make extra so that you have leftovers and then eat breakfast, give up the whole concept of what's for, Oh, that's not for, I don't want to eat eat that for breakfast. I need a breakfast food. It's like, no, you have to kind of like that makes, again, it's, it just makes it, makes it harder for you. You're just creating a barrier to, to eating something healthy. So I will say that like, um, for me, there's mornings where if I've been up with the baby all night, then we have cereal on, on hand. And the cereal that we get is like Shreddies or Rice Krispies or Cheerios, like nothing with added sugar, just basically mm -hmm. great. It's not great for you, but it's also, it's not terrible either. But in sometimes it's like, okay, eggs only take a couple minutes. Sometimes you don't even have those minutes. And like, I, I totally get that. So on the nights where I've been up all night with the baby and I need sleep before I can drive anywhere, <laughs> otherwise safety is an issue. Yeah. <laughs> then my kids will get up and they'll pour themselves like the older two will pour themselves like a bowl of cereal. And that's, that's totally fine. That's not going to, cause any damage. It's not going to have any long-term effects on them. I'm talking like once a month, once every couple weeks, this might happen, right? Totally fine. Yeah, and we do it. We do it too. We have the rice, rice checks and, and, and things like that. And the, one of them is, I think cinnamon or has some chocolate in it or whatever. And my son who's 10 does that too. And um, more often we do um, Greek yogurt and we have like a pretty healthy, uh, like a granola type type mix. And it's, but it's like yeah. an, oat, it's like oat based and we have some dark chocolate chips we've thrown in there and, and he, he makes that himself. And so he has this like big old bowl of Greek yogurt, which is high protein um, for you guys who don't know. And it's, it doesn't, it's just plain. And, uh, um, and he put, and he mixes that together and he, and he motors through that. So he's getting his fat, he's getting his protein, he's getting, he's getting some carbohydrates. Um, and, 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 or, or sometimes he does cereal. And like, like you said, it's like for us, it's probably like you know, once or twice a month where he might do that. But, uh, um, but the other days he'll eat two eggs. He's been eating two eggs most mornings for most of his life. Even when he was like five, he could eat two full eggs. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think we'll wrap it up there, guys. Go get some pizza and save it for breakfast. Um, uh, no, we're not saying you should eat pizza for breakfast. But if you are going to eat, if you have to decide between pizza and cereal, maybe you should um, reach for the pizza if you have it if you have it around. And um, and and but the reality is, is what you got. What one of the takeaways I want you guys to do is start thinking about why we do things in our society or, you know, and think about it from, is it, is it really, is it really because we've always done it, you know, or is it, is it, uh, or is it some, you know, is it the company 
the company has its, its best interests in mind, not yours. And so they're going to market and they're going to, they're going to try to sell your inner child and get you to buy these products and these things because that's what they, what they want. They're not, they don't necessarily have your best interests in mind. And so, you know, when it comes to purchasing things again, or, or even uh, um, trying to eat something that you're craving, try to use that delayed tactic where you can delay it to delay it. So maybe it goes away. Maybe you can think about it at a later date. You're not having to waste time and energy on it. Um, and, and, uh, when it comes to, you know, the, you know, things like foods, like, like I said, why do, why do we always have to have dessert? You know, why do, you know, why, why, why is breakfast cereal become, become the staple for, for, you know, it's because the companies have, have pushed it, have pushed it on us. And then, and then the other thing is, is, is once you've made, once you've done something, it's, you know, went to the, the Super Bowl party, you know, did, went to the wedding or whatever, or even just once you've decided to do something. And, and you purchased it, try not to sit there and analyze and second guess and go through this buyer's remorse thing because it's just taking away energy that you could be using in other parts of your life. Yay. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in everybody and uh, um, send me some ideas. If you guys have some stuff that you want us to break down, especially uh, interesting research, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and uh, um, we'll just keep breaking it down and having fun along the way. That's it, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.